Need the perfect gift for your grandmother this holiday season? Try plates. For those grandmothers who insist on washing paper plates, plates are reusable, durable, and made out of even sturdier materials like glass, ceramic, hell, even plastic. For that grandmother that still washes paper plates, has McDonald's napkins from the 80s, and that old planter's can we be reusing for the grease. Try plates. Ladies and gentlemen, wow, here we go. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, co-host, Joel Boyd, comedian, writer, actor, director. It's been a, it's been a year, man. It's our last one. High Power is the show where all of our guests come on and try to find the best versions of themselves. And today is no different. We have an excellent legendary guest, man. We got Vivian Lau. You guys know her as the cinematographer, the rising fast genius award-winning director of photography. She uh, shot Sad-Ass Black Folk, our web series award-winning and our award-winning short film, High Power. She's also uh, worked on some amazing stuff from the Janet Jackson documentary on Lifetime. She shoots for Vogue. She's working with Lil Nas X on his music documentary. She shot for College Humor Originals. She is doing amazing work, and we are so lucky to have her and work with her. Um, So we got to dive into her life a little bit on today's episode. This podcast is only possible by you guys listening and sharing it, so we really, really appreciate it. And... um, Happy holidays to everybody who's uh who's celebrating. Don't don't stress out, man. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. Let's wrap up 2022 smooth. Alright? Welcome to High Power. about this new will smith movie will smith well like yeah i I, I just i watched the trailer i was like why i haven't seen it yet i haven't seen it i've only watched the trailer i was like why are you releasing this during the holidays this shit kind of rough but this shit is a march movie man this is a february it is you know what i'm saying it's definitely march it's a march movie like february you want to feel something black all right christmas 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 slavery and Christmas slavery, Will Smith. It's like a trifecta of like. And he's doing these press conferences, and I was just like, "Is I haven't seen any of the videos, like the interviews." I don't know. I feel like <laughs> he has to talk about the obvious, you know. So he's yeah. gonna cry in every episode, uh, every press interview. Like I don't know. Has like, he not been talking about it? Yeah, he's. I mean, him and Trevor talked about it on the Trevor show. Noah. Yeah, him and Trevor Noah talked about it on the Daily Show. Oh, I got okay. I got to see. So it. they did an interview, and he was just like, "It's a fucked up situation." Trevor was pretty real, like yeah, pretty yeah, honest with yeah. it. Like he was just like, "I know both you guys, and we hope to see Will Smith the person." Like just pretty much like, "Yo, don't forget, you're Will Smith." Like, mm-hmm. but it was just Will Smith explaining to his like nephew, you like nephew sitting on him with the Oscar in his hand, and his nephew looks at him and is just like, "Why'd you hit that man?" Like, you know what I mean? Mm. And he was like, fuck, bro. You don't even give a fuck about this trophy. It's mm. just like, why'd you hit that man? So he feels affected by that shit. Yeah. I think wow. he's still like, 
he's going through the motions. Like, this mm-hmm. shit is, it's still recent. Like, it happened this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And I understand Apple TV put an investment in this movie, so they got to, like, release it. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. working, like. They still should have waited a little They bit. should, but the thing is, what you're going to release in February during Oscar season? Like, during the, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no real date. Like, the best. And it's time. not a summer movie. Niggas do not want to see Slaves in the Summer. It's no. already hot. No. So, and <laughs> he's trying to say it's not a slave movie, but it, the. It is, it, It's like you're reminding people of this. Like, he's like, it's a redemption movie. It's about freedom. I was just like, nigga, you got to get past the slavery point. Like, right. you know so I'm sure it's a good movie. Yeah, absolutely. He's right. Me and my girl were talking about slave movies the other night. We yeah. were just like, we had dinner. And I think I asked her, I was like, how do you, where are you on slave movies? Mm-hmm. Like, where are you on the genre? Like, do you want to see this movie? And she, I don't, I think she did what she saw, she saw the trailer as well. Um, and it's complicated, man. It's like, she said she doesn't like the feeling that she gets in her body when she watches those movies, like mm-hmm. a lot of black trauma movies. I think I, I've known people that are like, bro, I'm done with black trauma movies. Like I'm just done with yeah. promoting our pain and yeah. like letting that be the only way that we hire black actors and black directors and black writers and like see white, white people seeing us and like, who are these movies for? I kind of, I, 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 I'm on that kind of wave in mm-hmm. a way. Maybe because I'm older. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe if you, I was younger and I probably wanted to know information about yeah. history. Yeah. I'm in high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like when I'm going through like black voices section on every streaming service, which yeah. I'm happy about. Thank you. It kind of narrows it down. Yeah. But also it's weird. But also <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> like every streaming service has like the black voices, the black which I'm I'm cool because I'm always searching. So I'm going through like some of them and I'm just like, man, all this shit is about like going through shit. Mm-hmm. And it's not really like, it's always like we do have a lot of trauma movies, mm-hmm. bro. Like, like um, not even, we have slave movies, that's which for me are one and done. Like I watch it one time and yeah. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to watch Roots over again. Yeah. I'm not going to watch Glory over again. I'm not going to watch 12 Years a Slave over again. Mm-hmm. These movies are just one and done. Those are what they're dope. Like, mm-hmm. you're not, why am I going to relit? The only slave movie I rewatched was fucking Django. Django is the best one. That's and the that's, only one. And that's fucked up. I won't say the best one. It's the most rewatchable one. It's the most rewatchable one. it has a good ending. Yeah. It obviously, it's, it's a fictional. hero's tale. But it was just like, even like our high school trauma, like, or Coach Carter, all these things about mm-hmm. rough neighborhoods and mm-hmm. this is how we grew up. And I'm like, fuck. You don't go into the other voices in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. They don't have all this, like, how maybe their white trauma is not, I don't know. In white movies. trauma is uh, White Lotus. Yeah. that <laughs> And like, I live that. I love white people yeah. in drama. Like, I love it, bro. But yeah. their shit is boring. They call it drama. Ours is uh-huh. trauma drama. Oh, Theirs yeah. is just drama. That's very true. Ours is just like, oh, my God, this happened to you guys? Okay, I wa-. like it's because it's not an inviting movie for everyone to watch. Like, mm-hmm. Twelve Years a Slave wasn't an inviting. Like, I want to watch it. It has right. slave in the fucking. So yeah. automatically, there's half the population not gonna watch this. Yeah, you know. So I'm kind of like I understand, but at this day and age, I think we can stop. Mm-hmm. 
and that's not to disrespect our ancestors that fought and mm -hmm. they bled on this soil. I think we get it a little mm -hmm. bit. Like, who are we doing this for? To remind who? Mm -hmm. Like, to remind who? Yeah. Because we yeah. could just pick one out. We can pick right. one out from the past. That's very We true. can still pull out roots and like, here you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. we could still pull out these movies and say, here is, here's how right. we were this treated. Is a piece of history. This is, but now we want a redemption story. I think we're still living the redemption. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's interested in it. I don't know how much money it makes. Um, yo, the question I've been asking people is if you had 30 days stuck on an island mm -hmm. like and the only way you can get out is you listen to this album for 30 days straight what's that album if uh just to keep your mentality and sane yeah and you get the concept you don't get bored of it 30 days and then you get rescued but 30 days you're just on that island oh this is complicated because i feel like it used to be my beautiful doctor of fantasy <laughs> before I have slowly been ejecting from the Kanye West band camp. Um, Bro. Crazy. Oh, I don't even know if we could talk. Well, we got time. But uh, yeah, that last interview. But yeah, it used to be undoubtedly. That was, I mean, I there's thought, still layers that was an in album, that album I thought, that yeah. I, I peel back still. Yeah. Um, Fuck, bro. I forgot about this. Yeah, Yo, dude. my nigga, he's not my, bro. Yeah, I don't know, man. Bro. I you saw the I, uh, InfoWars thing? Bro, I didn't even need to see it. I didn't even need I didn't to watch, watch the whole it. Thing. I didn't even, I was just like, why are you on this? Like, yeah. you're trying to redeem yourself and you're on the worst platform of all time right now. Is he trying to redeem himself? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know and I, I think know. it's beyond that. Like, I'm a Kanye till the wheel falls off and I fell off. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, bro, you are not, you're not going anywhere now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're that's not almost, leading anything yeah, now. There's no purpose clear. to this where I see, unless you want a full out war. And it's like, stop. Yeah. Like, I think, and it's, it fucking makes me sad. It's really sad. I, it fucking makes me like, yeah. we used to play Kanye at the restaurant I work at. Dude. Have you noticed they've been... Stopping. They've been stopping. I was at Trader Joe's this weekend, and they played American Boy without his verse. So they are cutting him out of songs now. I mean, that's a classic song, Estelle. Bro, it's, it sucks because... It's, I'm, I'm really upset because he's, he's fu he fucked himself up. Like, whatever he's thinking, I can't see it. I can't, I abstractly cannot connect anything. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, they're taking away, when I say they, mm -hmm. they're taking away our history. Yeah, yeah. Our legend, black men the, history. Yeah, that's what's wild They kill it. it. They killed Cosby already. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. well, well, you can't kill what he created, but right, they right. killed the man. Yeah. R. Kelly killed himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kanye is killing himself now. Is killing himself. Like, it's just like, I don't really believe, like, Puff as a black leader. Right. And, like, he's he's impactful in culture, but it was just like, they're taking away slowly but surely the fabrics of what kind of made, mm -hmm. I don't know, made us. Mm -hmm. Especially young black men. Yeah. Who raised on Ye. Yeah. 
Now to see a man like, like they say, your hero becomes a villain, mm-hmm. and you're like, shit. Mm-hmm. Do they want this nigga to die? Because that's the only way. Bro, I don't see a good ending, man. I mean, a good ending is like Akon, Jay Z, Russell Simmons, yeah. Dave Chappelle, yeah. all these black leaders that are like fucking top money dollars, like because mm-hmm. that's all he's gonna listen to. Strap this nigga down in in the middle of Africa, bro, mm-hmm. for fucking <laughs> forty five days. I mean, at least a year. I would say six months, bro. I would say a year to yeah. be safe, just to get him rooted, grounded. Yeah. It's got to be in. It can't even be South Africa. He's got to be in like no. West Africa. Yeah, he's got to be like village type shit. It's, like, yeah, 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 where he just is, like, like literally, like yeah. no one can get you anything. You're going to be here, mm-hmm. like you are fucking up everything you built. Yeah, over some opinions that are fucking crazy right yeah. now, and I'd hate to call him crazy, right. but yay, you're getting there, bro. I'm a big fan, man. And you just, everyone, like, everyone that you, like, loved Mm -hmm. or that loved you, my nigga, is thinking different now. If I'm Mm -hmm. thinking like this. The way we've talked about, and I think the way we've observed black male, specifically mental health, in the last year, I mean, there's the Jack Knight of it all. Mm. There's the, you know what I mean? Like, you know, black men our suicide rates are just like way higher than black women's like way higher. Mm. And obviously there's a lot of um, violence and other stats with uh, the black trans community and all those types of uh, issues. But like black men, it's like, it's a dicey situation because of what's going on with him. It's just a situation where I'm just like, man, we got to keep on like health watch for him. Like for real. Yeah. Like it's an actual health watch. Yeah. It's, it's instead cons- of just instead of throwing him in tossing him in the trash can. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not saying throw him away. I'm just saying he needs to just go and not be around cameras, phones, none of that shit like and he's just finding the worst platforms to exploit and just to make headlines. It's just like I don't know why you're doing this yet. Like I don't know you're hurting more than helping. So, ladies and gentlemen, coming up right after this commercial break, we uh, we had a great talk today with the cinematographer of uh, some of our our projects, uh, Sad Ass Black Folk and High Power. Uh, she is an award-winning director of photography and cinematographer, um, a young legend, man. We, we really were blessed to have her. She's worked on Janet Jackson's docuseries on Lifetime. Uh, she shoots things for Vogue. Super recently, Lil Nas X's music documentary. So you can keep up with her and anything she's doing at her website, Vivian-Lau.com. And you can keep up with her on IG at double underscore Vivian Lau. Uh, so right after this commercial, Vivian Lau. When I wake up in the morning, what's the first thing I do? I grab a cup of coffee. But, you know, uh, it's like I want to immediately contribute to the world in a positive way. So how do I do that? You know what I do? I buy my coffee from California Coffee Company. 
I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. They're a black-owned, culturally connected coffee and lifestyle brand. Their products taste amazing. It's freshly ground, roasted coffee. They have all types of flavors that are just exactly what you need in the morning. They are young. They are doing it. They're reclaiming the culture through coffee, through teaching everybody that follows their movement about culture class and confidence and 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 truly they are letting people know where the true origins of coffee came from did you know that the coffee bean originates from ethiopia did you know that enslaved black folks established the coffee industry in south and central america but when people think of coffee they don't really think about black folks you know in, in its origins but 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 they are here to change that you guys are out there and you're drinking your coffee every day i'm telling you where you got to go you got to go to calicoffee.co that's calicoffee.co the california coffee company and you're going to use our discount code powerpod for 15% off your coffee purchase they ship nationwide and you can get your coffee and maybe some of their apparel at calicoffee.co you can follow them on instagram at the cali coffee and they are going to hook you up and let you know that tasting is believing they're telling a new story about people of color through the world's most beloved beverage that's california coffee company go ahead type in your code at calicoffee.co California Coffee Company. Oh, yeah. How was your year? Tumultuous. Wow. <laughs> Saying words I can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> Up and down. Yeah. So where'd you move from? I moved from, what is the answer to that? I moved out here right after I finished school in Boston. Okay. Where'd so, you go to school in Boston? Emerson. Oh, shit. They okay. roll deep. Yeah, I hear a lot of mixed things of people are like, you're definitely from New York. And then some people are like, oh, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I feel like it's pretty obvious. You think so? But you're really direct, so. I mm-hmm. am. Yeah. I'm not trying to waste my time or your time. Yeah. Very, very true. How long you lived there in New York? Um, I lived in New York for like six years, and then my family moved to Jersey. And Jersey. Yeah. We're in Jersey. in Jersey. Central. Okay. I know. Controversial. <laughs> Some people say Central Jersey's not real. Oh. But. So you came out here. Did you did you have like a dream job in mind? Or are you still chasing that dream job? I think my dream is always changing. Okay. I think yeah. my goals are always changing and evolving. I think when I first came out here, the goal was you know, feature films, narrative feature films, mm-hmm. thought that would be the coolest to work on, the movies I'd always grown up with. And I did work on a lot of narrative feature films and mm-hmm. I did enjoy it. I just started appreciating all the other genres more and I definitely work in like all genres because I will take the work uh, when it comes. Mm-hmm. Different artistic sensibilities for different genres, like what you bring to a music video is going to be different to what you bring to a commercial mm-hmm. versus a documentary. So I think my goals kind of changed like year by year on what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But this year I've like really started to love documentaries. Yeah. I've been working on a lot of documentaries this year and being a camera operator on documentaries is a whole new challenge Mm-hmm. to me because you can't control things the way you can in narrative mm-hmm. the lighting is mm-hmm. not going to be perfect the shots probably not going to be perfect because you need to grab the moment mm-hmm. and i worked with a lot of really amazing documentary dps this year who really helped me appreciate the art of documentary one of my goals now is to work on m- more documentaries like that and like shoot mm-hmm. more and have more experience in that 
uncontrolled environment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I would say one of the goals is probably still like narrative features, Mm -hmm. like pretty big things. We we got the whole, I'm seeing it. Yeah. The bigger indie movies that come out in theaters. Like I'd love to shoot that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you will. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, you know, take your time. We're yeah. we're we're young. Yeah, we are. Um, I think I had I was at a event last night where I um I overheard a conversation. This guy, I was just eavesdropping, honestly, but I heard these two guys talking on the beach, and they were talking about this guy was like saying he was giving up his idea of what his his goal was ten, ten years ago, and he, and I think these two guys just met, but they were just being honest about where they were in their lives, and when you know, guy was just like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm at this place where I'm just, I'm literally giving up kind of, I'm letting go a little bit of like what I said, the specific like thing I was killing myself for 10 years ago. And I'm kind of like flowing in um, who I am and who I'm becoming and where I'm at and like trusting that that's where I'm supposed to be. And I didn't, we were, me and my girl were leaving the event at the time. So I was I didn't want to like stop carrying all the shit I was carrying to the car to like go back and tell him I needed to hear that. But he served his purpose because now we're talking about it right now. Yeah. Um, but I, I find that fascinating because it's yeah. like you said, your goal kind of changes each year. And I think that's so dope. I feel like I'm still learning how to be like to do that. Yeah. I think being flexible with your goals sets you up for success because otherwise mm-hmm. like you're going to be disappointed every year if you don't achieve the ultimate goal. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times our goals are really big because that's what you want to aim for. You want to aim for the biggest and the best. And I think not even just setting like attainable goals, but also just like maybe considering that your goals are always changing as you're changing as a person and maturing as an artist. Yeah, it's true because it's just when you like say you want to do something, you're living in that moment and then you're not knowing how it's going to change. Like in comedy, you're just like, I want to do this this and get on this show and you're like well this show won't even last by the time you get there right, like, you know, so right. you might think of something else like i remember i was like i want to be on snoop dogg's online show i want snoop Dogg, and he doesn't even do that show yeah. you know like, i think so, about that with like hot ones oh man this show probably won't even be here like when i want to do it yeah <laughs> hell yeah and by the time you're probably you know maybe at the point where they're they're gonna ask you might not even be interested in you anymore i know yeah was something I ate my hot wings exactly with my friends on my own time <laughs> like breakfast club and shit like i wanted to do that oh right like, right done. But who done. knows yeah. man who knows who knows who knows do you like watch movies still i do watch movies still i can you turn your uh your cinematography brain off when you're watching it you I can just can. enjoy the movie yeah it sometimes it depends on the movie and sometimes uh the first like half hour i will just be like i will watch the movie but also pick up on like hmm, that's a cool shot oh that's that's mm-hmm. unique i wonder why they chose that mm-hmm. but usually if the movie's good enough after a while i'm gonna forget about that and be mm-hmm. able to just enjoy the movie while also still like picking up on like the technical aspects, but I've definitely tried to let go of that side because yeah. when I first moved out here and I was first working in film, I loved analyzing things when I would go watch them and like only think about that. Yeah. And then after a, a few years, I was like, that's kind of exhausting. Yeah, it's even burn and, out of that. Yeah. And I, it's actually less enjoyable when you're trying to watch something if you're forcing yourself to pick up on all the technical aspects. So mm-hmm. now I definitely just watch something to watch it and i can still definitely notice the technical aspects especially Mm -hmm. if it's like not very good 
and I can't be pulled in like the plot and the characters and I am going to notice. Yeah. Maybe how that's kind of the trick things of are it. lacking. I yeah. feel like now for me, that's the same way. If it's not, if something's off. Yeah. Then my you're brain like, oh. goes, all right, now I got to analyze this shit. <laughs> no, exactly. No, 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 no. <laughs> but if the act, if the acting is really good, I'm I'm in. I think the music does it a lot. Like, I definitely agree. If there's like lack of music in a scene where there should be music. Oh, that's And I'm yeah. like, it's too quiet in the scene. Yeah. Why do I hear echoes in the house? Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about um, your film, Blue, Blue. Oh, yeah. Tales from Suburbia. I watched it. Thank you. Uh, if that was like, okay, so you, because the sound design was great. I, I feel like in the from the beginning to certain parts, this is a short that you did. You were how old when you did this? It was you my out of college? college thesis. You were in college. When you yeah. Did this. Um, oh, that was your thesis in college. Yeah. I technically have two theses. Because okay. um, one of them I shot with my best friend who wrote and directed it. And then the one blue was my cinematography thesis. And mm-hmm. I wrote, directed, and shot that. Yeah. You like, I read the credits. You did. You wrote it, directed it. Produced it, shot it. Mm-hmm. She edited it. I did. Yeah. Did you do catering? Like, were you? <laughs> my mom did catering. Like, Your mom did catering. Did. Yeah, oh, we shot it in New York. Oh, it was fire. really special. Yo. She, it was like her and my dad got to be on my film set, and it was a really small set. That's why I yeah. did so many things because it wasn't supposed to be like a big budget thing. My right. other thesis, you know, we raised like seven thousand dollars and like shot it in the woods mm-hmm. in New Hampshire. Oh. Yeah, but then this one we shot at my uncle's house in Queens mm-hmm. and pulled like a bunch of family friends to help out. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of the work on that one because mm-hmm. it was just such a small project. It was, you know, a thesis for one of my mm-hmm. capstone classes. And Do you, you don't really write? I really don't. Okay. That's like one of the <laughs> That's what surprised things. me because I was just yeah. like, she wrote that? When <laughs> did she put down the pen? Like- so I actually put down the pen in sophomore year. I was taking one of the writing classes, like mm-hmm. writing for the short because uh, you had to take writing classes as your film production major. Mm-hmm. And I had another teacher who actually was very supportive, Diane Panson, mm-hmm. great professor at Emerson, great writing professor. And I just wrote that short, I think as one of the final scripts in that class, mm-hmm. because okay. I just like always wanted to do kind of like a piece, like an ode to suburbia, because that's where I mm-hmm. grew up. And something that was had hints of an Asian American story, but wasn't like, mm-hmm. like, like a Chinese story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wrote in like aspects of my childhood that I wanted to remember, but mm-hmm. just on the page, I didn't even expect to produce it. So okay. like the opening scene, there's like a montage of like chalk on the ground, bikes yeah. like being Those pushed. Shots are really cool. Thank you. Yeah, that yeah. was like actually kind of the whole influence or like inspiration for the whole piece. I wanted to mm-hmm. do something where I could do that ode. Yeah. And then also, you know, I, I love mysteries. Yeah. So I wanted to make it a mystery. Turn. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And then my teacher really, really liked it. And she helped me like workshop it beyond, I think after the class ended, like she mm-hmm. was still like, if you have any like updates on your script, oh, if you sure. want me to read it, I would love to. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was a year later, I was in my cinematography like capstone class and I decided I wanted to shoot that piece for my final mm-hmm. and I went to Diane Penson my professor from years ago and told her I wanted to turn the script uh into like a production draft mm-hmm. and she really helped me hone in on what was like doable and what I should change to make it um 
like producible, especially okay. on the small scale we're doing it. Yeah. So I ended up doing it. And the really fun thing is that she still to this day emails me every few years and is like, hey, I want to show your film and the script to my class this year. I just want to check that it's still okay with you. And yeah, wow. she uses it as an example of like a script that was written in her class that was later produced like, yeah. while still in school. And that's incredible. Yeah, that always yeah, means you a lot. You're out here inspiring <laughs> everything. Yo. Like your family supporting a DJ now. Yeah. <laughs> what? And you say cats on knees? Um, forgive me for my ignorance. What, so, what? what is that? A language from what country? Yeah, Cantonese is one of the dialects of Chinese. Okay. So, there's Mandarin and Cantonese. Okay. Mandarin is typically more common. I think more, much more people in the world speak Mandarin than Cantonese. Okay. My parents are from Hong Kong, and Cantonese is the main language there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hong Kong? Oh, your mm -hmm. parents are cool as hell. Yeah, they're really cool. Fuck, bro. <laughs> From Hong Kong? Like, where I feel like, first of all, Asian movies, I, I like I like Asian movies. I, like Kong Korean cinema. filmmakers are like, they know how to tell a story yeah. for sure. Um, so was there any film growing up like that kind of like sticks to you in your head? Like, I know you don't want to talk about like making an Asian movie, but there's got to be some kind of influence that made you want to make like that project, yeah. right? Yeah, well, I've always wanted to do like, um, like a, like Asian mob gangster movie because um, oh, those are so fun. Hell um, yeah. The movie that inspired The Departed and Infernal Affairs is a Hong Kong movie mm -hmm. and one of my favorite movies growing up, still to this day, I love it. It's so good and you can really see if you watch it, and you've seen The Departed, you can see that Martin Scorsese just took everything from that movie and just oh, made it American. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's like the same exact plot What's line. What's it called? Infernal Affairs. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like a play on internal affairs because mm -hmm. there's, you know, the plot of Departed. Yeah. There's a, a mole in each side. Yeah. So I'd love to make that movie eventually. Actually, one of my friends who I did a short with this year, he says he's working on a feature that's like a 1970s San Francisco Chinatown Mm -hmm. like gang story and mm. I was like that sounds amazing yeah. definitely hit me up for that yeah he's shooting uh, in San Francisco yeah that was the that's the goal damn yeah. that budget big <laughs> <laughs> hopefully but yeah no I just wanted for the project blue tales from suburbia to have like elements of my Asian American upbringing so just like mm -hmm. small things like speaking like Chinese in the house yeah and originally it was Cantonese in the script but then my actress for the mom could only speak Mandarin. So mm -hmm. I think we ch changed it to Mandarin for her, which was the only thing that I like maybe wish I could have changed looking back because mm -hmm. it wasn't as authentic to like my experience mm -hmm. because I didn't even know what the Mandarin lines were. I had to like go up to my parents on set and be like, what is it? Yeah. Mm. And like, like just small things like decorations in the house, like mm -hmm. little like Chinese New Year's stuff that's like left over a few months later. Having like, there's like a search scene where like all of these like aunts and uncles basically are right. in it. I think I recruited all my aunts and uncles to like <laughs> be part of the scene. Yeah. And that's so cool that your family was just like, all right. They were just, so yeah. excited. We they were like, we'd love yeah, to be in a movie. Go. Yeah. Go. That's the fun thing about not growing up in Hollywood. Everyone thinks it's cool. Yeah. Versus here, yeah. everyone's like, oh, you're shooting a movie. Oh my God. Get out of my I got, way. bro. I got like, aunts cousins waiting for me to go back to Milwaukee. And shoot, oh yeah. And shoot I'm, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it'd be bring a it up great movie too though. Sure yeah, it's... when I was in high school, I would uh, do these like silly little films that I would make for like my mom or dad. Uh, we did one with my sister that was like Law and Order Missing Parents Unit. 
and we got like it's just one of those stupid like <laughs> oh, things yeah, we yeah, in high yeah, school. Yeah. We got great. all of not all of them, but a bunch of our aunts and uncles to be in it and be like, "Oh, I haven't seen Arthur in days." Like, <laughs> and they loved it. They ate that stuff up. They oh, loved like man. being a part of like your little artistic dreams. Yeah. That's so cool, man. That I I had never heard that. Like you should have put them in the family's like, let me be in it. Oh yeah. Maybe yeah. down. Yeah, they're maybe I, yeah. That's fucking cool. Most people would be like, yo, put that camera, get that camera. Yeah, yeah. no, that's yeah. you know, that's LA too. Yeah. People mm-hmm. who are maybe more used to being in the entertainment space. Yeah. Whereas most of my family friends are not. Yeah, and some of those make great actors. Yeah, you know, because they, I mean? they don't. One of my uncles loves to like do too much. He <laughs> always goes off scripts and like kind of makes my life like so much more difficult because I'd be like, actually, like, I need you, I need you to do this one line. And he's like, sure, sure, sure. And as soon as the camera's rolling, he's like improving, giving oh, me so much man. extra stuff, and I'm like, this isn't gonna cut. Man. But I believe the character <laughs> would say it like this exactly. So but those are like the most fun characters, you know, like the uncle who just wants to do more. Yeah, yeah. and they're seeing Hopefully. you actually like cut. All right, like, all right, let's You're bring it back. Again. You're right. ading yourself. Your yeah. <laughs> line is yeah. <laughs> What's on the page? Yeah. I did. I wanted to ask if you'd be willing to talk about it um, because this ties into a little bit of how I got to know you and worked with you. Uh, But there was a time in your life recently, I think both of us were kind of going through not being as in love with the industry and making uh, art and filmmaking, Um, which is where High Power came from, the film. Uh, But I just wanted to ask, like, so for people who don't know, Ralph, you don't even know this, but like, when I wrote it, I was going through a bunch of shit and trying to like see if I even wanted to do this industry again. Uh, and when I brought it to Vivian, I was like, yo, if I make this, you have to do this. Like, I don't know if I want to do this with anybody else. And she was on set for um, another mutual friend of ours doing a short film. But I happened to like, I was I was writing the script and I happened to be on set and I was just helping out. But so... I did want to know from your perspective, just like what, before we even made that film, kind of what was happening. Because you're so talented and because you love what you do and you're so great at what you do, what was kind of happening for you in that time? I think this was, was this 2020? 2021. 2021. So what was kind of happening for you where you were kind of falling out of love with making films? Uh, I definitely think it had to do with the pandemic and not having like opportunity to work as much. And it was probably at the point then, I think it was September 2021, where jobs were like coming back more consistently, but I wasn't enjoying really anything I was working on. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably wasn't shooting as much. I was doing more like crewing. um, Mm -hmm. So like cam mopping for Stacey. And that can be definitely not as artistically inspiring. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, you're working on someone else's vision all the time. I had shot like two films the previous year that I really did. No, actually three pieces mm-hmm. in 2020 that I really enjoyed. But then I hadn't done something since then mm-hmm. probably that I felt really good about and that I felt like I'd pushed myself creatively for. And it was also like going through a lot of like mental health issues. So mm-hmm. it was all a lot and then I was feeling very far away from my family yeah I have a dog that I very much care about which Mm -hmm. Joel you know and it was really what kind of dog what kind of dog she's a cockapoo okay yeah she's a little brown titty teddy bear all right big old teddy bear yeah very (laughs) loving 
And I didn't like being away from her all the time. When I had to work at minimum 12 hours, most days on set. Mm -hmm. So she has to go to a friend. She has to go to daycare. And I wasn't getting to see her if I was working. And that was really bumming me out. So I was really starting to wonder, is this maybe what I want to do forever? Do I want to find a new career path where I can be home with her more Mm -hmm. or, you know, do more stuff with her? Mm -hmm. So I was like very much considering trying like the restaurant industry and cooking because that's something I really love. Mm-hmm. I really love interior design. So I was like considering mm-hmm. these other things. But Wait, I, hold on. You were about to change. This is what's yeah. cra- this Wait, is the crazy Wait, hold on. Part. Hold on. Like she was talking that. Wait, she you was were about to edge. change yeah. your yeah, whole like because we know you love to cook and you can yeah. cook and raise. That could have been a serious path. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still can. Still can. Mm-hmm. Still can. Well, holy shit. Yeah, it was like completely. This was last year. This was last year. Yeah. I was really thinking about what can I do that's going to make me happy that isn't. Were you thinking law enforcement me? too? Like, no. <laughs> I have not considered that since I dropped that. You're like, idea. you know what? Why did I go to the FBI? <laughs> I would have figured out COVID was coming. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I was considering every possibility that would make me happy. I think mm-hmm. I'm spoiled in the way that I've always believe that work should be something you enjoy mm-hmm. you know getting to go into the arts is really unique because you're probably doing it because you love it mm-hmm. and so I wasn't feeling like I loved it and that was hard to like go to work every day yeah and I I've never wanted to be someone who was stuck in a career that I didn't enjoy so I was starting to consider maybe it's time to look into a switch mm-hmm. something different and that was the point when you met me again or that we reconnected mm-hmm. and you told me that you wanted me to shoot the project and that you wanted me to read the script. And I told you, I was like, Joel, I, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about retiring and like yeah. moving back to the East Coast. I was oh, very yeah. much yeah, about to move yeah. back home all with I, my parents. All I could say to her was, please just read the script. Yeah, that's exactly. You were like, um, okay, you know what? I'm going to send you the script tonight. Uh, <laughs> why don't you just read it really quick if you don't mind I would just love to get your opinion so you seem to be interested and I was like oh, alright and I think all I remember right. my I email to you I understand what I'm going through right now bro, but, all right. but that's what's crazy is like we were both on edge mm. like from from when I when I met her you know we were we met on this really random indie music video that was super fun and it was just like we both you know you know when you meet somebody who's like Oh, they're going to be doing this for 20 years. They're great. Yeah. But to have us both be on edge like that at the same time, it was, yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a, it was a wild moment that we were both on a set and having this conversation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I was teetering. I was like, this is all I have is this 20 page thing. Like I was like, you know. What's wild to me is that you motherfuckers are great at what you do. Like the most professional motherfuckers I've ever, <laughs> like when I was on Sad as Black Folk and her crew was doing pop pop. That was the first time I seen Top like notch. I was like, oh, that's what made me think, oh, this is real. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying when people are making movies and they just have like certain things, but this shit was like Tate, like and you just see Vivian just all right. And then this, and then that. I was like, I was asking the crew, I was like, how are y'all doing this? Like how what what's going like. I was just so curious because I was just like, you got this shit locked down. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's not guessing. She knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I was like, holy shit. So for you to be like that great and then Joel to be that great and like, y'all are like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. but I'm about to be out. 
Yeah. That's wild. Like, y'all still young. Y'all still yeah. in y'all 20s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. for that to happen, I'm just like, geez, this pandemic almost fucked up a whole path. Yeah. A whole generation. A whole yeah. Generation. Of opportunity and magic. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy you guys didn't do that. <laughs> Me too. And if you guys are both doing that, I will write a script. Be like, guys. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. All right. So he gives you the script. Yeah. And I think reading it and seeing that you were voicing a lot of the things that I was thinking about, about wondering, you know, the, the character wonders if he really wants to do comedy. He's really good at it. Like um, the whole self-discovery I really resonated with all of that and it was a really good script. And I think in my email, I was like, oh, Joel, you did it again. <laughs> you made another good script and you made me want to shoot this. Yeah, I'll shoot it for you. I'll stay like in L.A. a little longer, see how it goes. Wow. Yeah, she was Higher like, power indeed. Yeah. Because I, yeah, it was just, it was magical because this industry can be a lot. Creating, like you are saying, you want to love what you do and. I could just tell from, I mean, we only talked on that set, you know, side conversation to each other for maybe 10 minutes, 12 minutes, if you add it all up. And I'm just like, no, I could see what was happening with you because filmmaking, you know, I really learned this on those sets working with you. It's like people don't realize, you know, the crew makes the fucking film. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the writers, the directors, the actors are kind of like, the big names that are really get the glory, quote unquote, but like the crew makes the fucking Definitely. film. Mm-hmm. And so like the amount of expertise and to hear you talk, Ralph, about like how her crew works, it's like they're really putting their blood, sweat and tears into the fabric of the shot and mm-hmm. what ends up getting on the screen. So it's like to for her to be going through all of that, it was like, oh no, something really taxing is happening to you so i i didn't want to rush her i was just like oh shit no if you want if you need to go back home because i had that like mm-hmm. i was comedied out like right. a couple years before i wrote that um uh, maybe less than a year before i wrote that but it was like i did the same thing i went home for like two months um and just like yeah bro it was like existential so yeah i didn't want to push you i was just like yeah but I'm sorry if I, I don't know what no, I said. I think it was it was the perfect timing. It was the perfect storm. Yeah. We shot it in November and I had so much fun. It and was, man, it was fun. It came out great. I loved working. Obviously, I loved working with you again. And I love uh, the projects that we do together. because The dark comedy is such a fun mm-hmm. space to navigate, which I don't do as much. But I love that it's, you know, got the dark element so I can have a lot of fun with the cinematography. And then I can play with how to shoot comedy in a way that's mm-hmm. not like flat or boring and still cinematic. Mm-hmm. And I also just laugh all the time on yeah. sets with you. The scene between you guys and High Power, I remember I was like snickering behind the camera. That was so funny. That was, yeah, your crew is holding it together. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, all right, this is a good scene. If I get them to laugh because y'all serious like, yeah. Y'all, yeah 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 my crew doesn't laugh a lot they, 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 they do not laugh like, <laughs> not even offset when you're trying to talk to them. Like, you're like yo you don't even you're not even working right now i'm bored and then, like yeah. talk, but they're always like okay all right looking around Amazon. i was like so this is the second like the first they were serious the second one was even more serious i feel like yeah, they were just yeah, like, like on it like, well, they they had a just, tall order i mean mm-hmm. yeah. yeah all those days were, were 
crazy. Maya Cryer reminds me all the time. She's like, ooh, Joe <laughs> boy. Oof, oof. I love you, but goddamn, boy. That, that yeah, was, that day at the house, the day that we shot with Ralph, that was such an intense day. That was... When, when there was Maya, a lot going on, though. Yeah. Oof. There was so a dance. There was dance. dance there sequence. was pool. There the was party. Pool. It was a lot. I mean, I, maybe six scenes at least. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of slugs. I, yeah. I, yeah. 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 That's what I'm like, yo, whatever y'all think about retiring, just, re- I mean, they say don't think about the past, but just like, y'all got to remember there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that believe in y'all too. Like, you know, like that's the thing. Like there's mm-hmm. family got you a hundred percent, you know? Yeah. I couldn't see you in New York right now running a restaurant, bro. Like, oh, I'll be God. mad, bro. I'd be I would like, be so personally. I'd be mad. like, yo, didn't would, you do that movie, bro? Like, bro, I would fly to New York just to eat the food and then go to the back. Where Viv at? Where she slap down the new script. And be like, yeah, Come another back. script. Yeah. Right now. Hollywood is bullshit without you. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel sweet. like yeah, y'all gotta grow. Y'all gotta grow in this little thing. I'm jealous, man. She when she works with other people, I don't like. I don't like it on my timeline. Oh yeah, I, I, I be looking fall. at my timeline like, God damn it. But just know you're winning too. You know what I mean? Oh, like for just sure. like yeah. But yeah, I feel you though. Know, I'm gonna come. Okay, I feel okay. you though know, on that shit. Like oh, she work with somebody else. Yeah, uh, that makes me work on my script yeah, faster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, Hell yeah. That's what it is. Like, oh, 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 oh shit. Yeah. She, gonna, she gonna see. She gonna miss me. She gonna miss me. <laughs> I remember this this year at my birthday party, you were there and my friend Sam was there and I was shooting a short with Sam this summer. Yeah. And I remember when I you guys Sam. introduced to each other, uh, there was like the, the how do you know Viv question and I think you were probably like, Viv's my DP? And Sam was like, Viv's my DP? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, are they gonna fight? <laughs> Well, so who loves serious. me more? Yeah, so who puts on the gonna, AC? AC <laughs> <laughs> faster. It's gonna have the better snacks. <laughs> oh, that's so real. Are you watching anything right now that like pops out at you? Like, oh, that inspires me. Hmm. Or like, damn, I should have made. I, I wish I made that. Well, a show I watched this year that I really love is Only Murders in the Building. Oh, man. Okay. I love murder mysteries. That's like rule number one about me that everyone yeah. knows. And I love like Agatha Christie. Uh, I love murder mystery TV shows, mm-hmm. novels, movies. Um, so Only Murders in the Building was so fun because it was a comedy, but it was also very dark. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely been thinking about how that's like something I would love to work in like mm-hmm. it's a very niche thing but like comedy murder mystery I've yeah. always like loved murder mystery so it's not surprising that I like want to do that stuff I, I do. didn't know the murder mystery thing about yeah. you. oh I love murder what? mysteries yeah it's all making sense I yeah. feel like <laughs> yeah. as a person FBI agent. Yeah, dude, it's all coming together. Murder mystery. Don't feel ashamed that you want to be an FBI agent. It's all that coming. is pretty cool. The, the mob linguist, movies. The mob yeah. movies. I yeah. loved like you know those shows growing up, like the crime shows, Criminal Minds. Yeah. Um, wow. You were yeah. Criminal Minds, yeah. A little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. How's your love life in LA? And how do you? I don't know if that's too personal. I have another follow up question. <laughs> but, it's just been. Yes, let's talk about love life in LA. Because it's rare to have it. So do you have it? Um, it is so hard dating in LA. Yes. People are so weird. <laughs> uh, do you feel like there's a difference in how you've been approaching dating or, or even just how dating feels for you before COVID and now? Yeah, definitely. I try and evaluate if anyone I'm going to spend time with is worth the time that I'm putting in. Mm. Hello. Yeah, I think that was something I didn't think about as much before. Yeah. But especially now that, you know, now I have a dog. And if I'm going to, like, leave the house, it's got to be worth it. 
Um, mm. It's definitely mm. not mm. always worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Why not? Why not? Tell the people. Shit be tell dry. Let tell me tell truth. you, that. the lighting ain't right. Shit ain't dry. The person's composition off. is trash. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of going back to like the ego thing. There's a lot of people with egos mm-hmm. in LA, and I think it can be rare to find someone who genuinely cares about you for mm-hmm. who you are, and not like based on your work or like mm-hmm. what you look like or who you hang out with. Genuine connection is very hard to find, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I mean, obviously can be really easy to find in friends. Um, but finding someone that you, like, want to spend more than an average amount of time with and, like, you know, commit to this person for a while, mm-hmm. that is very difficult, even in yeah. such a big city. And I have friends who say, oh, well, dating in L.A. and New York is so easy because there's so much, <laughs> so many people to pick from. But... That's I, think, I, think I think that's the problem. problem. Yeah. And yeah. everyone knows that. So mm-hmm. like if you do like someone and you really want to mm-hmm. like pursue that, they they may just not be interested because they're like, well, I got other options too. Mm-hmm. How do you stay uh, centered and grounded like in this world of chaos? I love nature. I love mm-hmm. nature. And that's another reason I just love my dog so much that she gets me outside every single day. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not working, I'll try and take her to the park, like go on hikes. Um, when I have the chance, I try and get out of LA, like out of the city. Having like breaths of fresh air is so important oh, to clearing my head and like remembering why we're alive and how there's so much more to the world than all the little problems that bog us down every day. It's yeah, so, the universe so gave us the gift of nature. I'm yeah. fucking, I'm overdue. Like yeah, man. a year. You got, a, you got your trip? Oh, Are you gonna go you to go. Hawaii soon? I, I'm, I'm. De- yeah, There's I just I'm idea. just working on this music thing, and once it's like it's yeah. all done, it's mixed and edited, and then let's go. But right now, I'm like in the middle. I'm like, if I leave now, I'm one of those guys that go on vacation. I'm like, what's the point of any of this? <laughs> I yeah. know, I do. You I know do. what I mean? Like, I, do that. I can't go on. Va- I'm not a guy to go on because va- I changed my whole life. Yeah, when I get too grounded into yeah. like, you start peeling away. Yeah, I'd be bullshit. like, you know what? I'm not. I should be. <laughs> I should be a, a minister. Yeah. I should be preaching the good word of the na- like you know what I mean? I start thinking crazy. Like I started yeah, going like, yeah. why do I have a job? This money thing is not real. Oh yeah. It's all an idea of some ma- and then Bro. you and then you I have to start from the bottom again yeah. like and I just like I should have never went on vacation. I should have kept with the momentum that I had <laughs> until I go crazy. Not yay, but like just crazy enough where I'm just like, okay. Yeah, because I want to like sit on vacation without having to think of future or past. Mm-hmm. I just want to hear the mm-hmm. ocean waves, or I just want to see a pine tree fall, and I'm like looking at it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Without thinking, like, I wonder what the purpose of this tree. Like, you know what I mean? I <laughs> I always have these deep thoughts because I'm always thinking of like future and past, and like yeah. trying to connect to the present. And then when you're in that present moment, it's like fucking. It's beautiful, like you know. So I just, I'm co- I'm going on vacation soon. Yeah, that's the goal. Like, what's going on when you're walking in nature? What's going on? Like- oh yeah, I mean, my brain never stops. I wish it would sometimes, mm-hmm. but yeah. definitely, definitely still thinking. But I will say, I think there, there is something about being in nature that clears my head, and probably a lot of the things I'm worried about do like not go away, but lose their like dire importance. Where I'm not like, I need to think about this thing right now because it's really bothering me. It's more like, well, 
that is something that is bothering me and I like can address it and like let go of it a little mm-hmm. and be like, all right, but like let's look at this tree and like how the clouds look right now mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think it's being reminded the world is so much bigger than you. What's your last meal? Like your last meal in life? What would you? Oh, oh, okay. This is a way better question. Um, hmm. Well, part of me wants like one of my mom's dishes. I mm. feel like well, she makes like the best like noodles, um, like pan fried rice noodles, her sticky rice, her fish, like everything she makes is amazing. Food brings peace. Yeah, it's a little bit. Of, it's the same thing we were talking about with soda. It's like a little. Like a little dirty little secret. Yeah. Like, mm. Oh, so does. Oh God, it is the worst thing. The I heard devil. y'all talk about that earlier. It's the devil. It is not great. Dentists do not like this episode of the podcast. <laughs> if you drink soda or soda. Mountain Dew, because you know Mountain Dew causes cancer. Look at the color Mountain Dew, people. It's, it's radiation. Yellow. It's like radiation color. Huh? Yeah, it's just not. It's, it's not, not natural. natural. <laughs> it's not even yellow. Yeah, nothing should be that color. Yeah, it's like green. But we drank it as a kid. Yeah, it was weird. Do you remember? Do you remember that rumor that Mountain Dew shrinks your balls? Do you remember? Yeah, that? I, I think, I think that's why I stopped drinking it. Do people still, say, yeah, I think that's <laughs> I why like, I did yeah. too. It was just like what? But I don't even. Know I want, true. I want big balls. <laughs> like what? Like why did we stop? First of all, we were teenagers. Our balls were small. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Or were they? I don't know. Were your parents born here, or were you? Uh, were they immigrant parents? Yeah, they're immigrants from Hong Kong. Oh, oh yeah, you did say that. My bad. Mm-hmm. No, so they came here. Did you? Uh, did they spend some time here before they had your sister? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it was honestly um, like seven or eight years. Oh, yeah. They had. So, they had fun. Yeah. <laughs> your parents are yeah. cool. Okay. They both came here for um, schooling. My dad came for a PhD at Columbia. My mom oh, came shit. for a master's at. Mm-hmm think barnard um both in new york and so they had like you know their own lives to settle and mm-hmm. finish what they were doing before they had us damn and so be in new york young oh, and man. be educated and just be running around in the yeah. city but that's no, cool. they had a great time seven yeah. eight years before y'all little motherfuckers came around mm-hmm. in the 80s yeah i feel like anyone that lived in the 80s in new york Oh, they had a good Bro, y'all parents are super cool. (laughs) You come from Hong Kong and they go to New York in the 80s? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And also, really cute thing about them, which is like a universal romance story. So my dad came, I think he came like a year before my mom. And back then, obviously, long distance calls were really expensive. So they would like not really talk on the phone much. Mm. But I found this out. I think I might have been like 21. I found mm-hmm. this out. They went their whole lives without telling me what romantics they were before we came along. Mm-hmm. And I was in a long distance relationship at the time, like intercontinental. So my mom was probably giving me like some like a little bit of a pep talk to say like it gets better, et cetera. And what they used to do instead of like calling and like beyond just writing letters, they would take like tape cassettes and like mm-hmm. recorders and like, record them talking about how their day was and then mail them to each other. Oh my God. Yeah. I like almost cried when I heard that. I was like, wow. that is so romantic and so beautiful and such like an ode to the time. Yeah, it's a Because time now, capsule. like, you know, luckily we can FaceTime, we can do That's whatever love. social media. That's what do real. these kids have to sacrifice Nigga, now? Yeah. That, we do voice notes barely. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, but that's that's special. Wow. Letters is already romantic mm-hmm. as hell. Like, you know how deep you can get with a long distance letter. Yeah. But a cassette, hey, how's your day going? Just to hear the voice exactly. you haven't heard in a long time. Exactly. And, oh, and you're Bro, you're just opening that mail and you see the, the mail, cassette, boy. but yeah. 
<laughs> nigga, I'm getting chills right <laughs> now, but the mailman coming like, oh, oh shit, you act like a dog when you see. Listen him, to like, him, hey, he's like, I already heard it. Ain't nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing yeah, good. Yeah, this week ain't shit. But, Listen, uh, hey, last week, next week, good. it's gonna be good. <laughs> I can feel it, but. That is That's beautiful. That is a beautiful thing. Wow. I mean, we can't do that now. We don't have the capacity. We don't have the cassette Love. players. Oh, it ain't the same. It ain't the same, the bro. I mean, we don't even want to write letters. Exactly. And I'm telling you, I'm trying to bring that back next year. Like, I promise you, I'm getting all my friends' actual addresses. Yeah. And just like, well, you know, I'm sending them music too. But <laughs> yeah. I'm going to write like personal notes. Yeah. like Because I think the only time people really do that, maybe during Christmas... Mm-hmm. maybe when they're about to get mm-hmm. married and they do the save the day and, they, and right. they write a little note, love for you to be here. Yeah. But we don't really take the time like, hey, this is how I sat down and thought about you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wrote this out. I am going to make that a mission on High Power in front of Vivian and Joel. <laughs> I'm going to write letters next year. I'm so excited. Please send me one. I, it's like, that's okay. hard. Yeah, that's a huge thing I love doing in relationships because I, I have spent a lot of, relationships long distance like mm-hmm. multiple ones I for not being a writer I do love writing and reading like I've always enjoyed mm-hmm. that my whole life mm-hmm. but I love taking the time to write a letter to someone that you love and tell them what you miss about them what you love about them mm-hmm. and just getting a little poetic with it and it's just like a special like piece of paper that they're gonna keep yeah, and hang yeah. On to. um I know we gotta wrap up because I know you gotta go mm-hmm. uh we'll end on that note with saying i i want to keep creating with you thank you so much for doing the show uh it's been a pleasure for the uh, amount of months it took her to get in this room <laughs> thank but, you so much for having me no people need to know yeah definitely people need to know Vivian. and check out her crime series on hbo max yeah, in great. 2024 one day, one day. mob mafia yeah, film get on writing it murder Joel. mystery that's we'll a pitch it comedy HBO. it's pitched oh, it. she's actually shooting it in hong kong Oh my god, yeah, yeah. that's one of my goals. Definitely, and it's uh, it's an interracial couple that yeah, they're expats, but they're going to Hong Kong Hell now. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. they Incredible. met in New York. Okay, so are you writing this, Ralph? Uh, right here, pen on paper. Pen on paper. Yeah. So <laughs> now they're going to Hong Kong and they're raising their one year old child there. But because they're in an interracial relationship in Hong Kong, it's just it's like a lot of wow. complications. Politics. And then boom, like. This guy gets framed for a murder because he's new to the community, yeah. but he didn't do it. And the mom don't feel safe yeah. having him around the kid. And now he's like in she the street trying him. to clear and his it's name. A, it's a rom-com as well because since he got to leave, <laughs> he can't be around the kid. They got to record these tapes. <laughs> and they send the tapes to each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Done. Bring it all back. It all Bring comes it full all back. <laughs> yada, yada. Guy gets cleared of his name. Now he's a chef. And, yes. and his daughter grew up. Uh, being an FBI agent because oh the dad God, had yeah. to go through so much shit. You know right. what I mean? There you yeah. go. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> Oscar. Right. It's uh, Yeah, man. Thank you guys for listening, man. You know where we at. Follow us on High Power Pod on IG. Keep up with us on all the episodes at highpowerpod.com. Rate us. Give us five stars. We love Bye. you guys. See you next time. Peace. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Plates. For that grandma still washing paper plates and wrapping Christmas gifts in old newspaper, let her know she can actually throw stuff away and buy new things. Buy your grandma some plates today. 